Hi everyone, I'm Carrie. And I'm Rob. Welcome to the Celtic Tales Chronicles podcast. In this episode, we'll be looking at the 2018 UFO invasion of Ireland. We'll be looking at the facts and examining profound questions. Questions like, did the invasion really happen? Do aliens walk among us now? Is my neighbour's cat actually a visitor from another planet? Why is that pigeon looking at me in a funny way? All that kind of stuff. So listeners, break out the tinfoil hats. We're heading into space this week, and we absolutely want to hear back from listeners with their thoughts and their own spooky tales. Email us at theceltictaleschronicles at gmail.com. Yeah. The whole subculture surrounding UFOs is filled with competing ideas, personalities and arguments. And we're going to touch on one of those controversies right now, right now up front. I'm going to say it's UFOs, people, not fucking UAPs. Yeah, UAP is a descriptor used by various intelligence agencies in the USA. And it's part of their attempt to get a handle on, control, and even capture all the weird shit that's going on in the sky. Yeah, what is UFO is a popular term which has entered into folklore and myth. And we love folklore and myth. Nobody owns or controls UFOs. Whereas UAPs are owned by American intelligence, military, naval defence, Pentagon, etc. And if intelligence agency whistleblowers are to be believed, parts of the American military industrial complex does actually own literal non-human crafts and maybe even their occupants. Roswell, anyone? Yeah. Do, 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 do. Little green men <laughs> all over the place. So anyway, just to be precise, we're going to call them UFOs. And I have a quick digression here. When I was looking at the script, something popped into my head. And Rob, you know the um, children's book, The Big Friendly Giant, oh, the yeah. BFG? BFG, yeah. I remember seeing something online years ago where somebody thought BFG stood for big fucking giants <laughs> and it made me laugh a lot and now I'm imagining if somebody thought UFO stood for unidentified fucking object and I'm sure I'm sure there's someone who, who does think that but I just do you know I thought what, that was funny. I, I, that makes sense to me because do you know what American intelligence they're all their heads are up their asses and mm. you know what for all the renditioning and folk and tortures and stuff, they're very polite. They don't like coarse language. And maybe one of those numpties actually thought UFO standing for unidentified fucking object and thought, we can't be saying fucking, so let's change it to UAPs. We may have just uncovered a controversy. I think we've cracked the case. We've cracked the case. So that's why naval intelligence in America cries them. UAPs are not unidentified fucking objects. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, all right. Back to the story. Okay. Back to the story. I think putting names on things is very important. And there's like a whole fairy tale thing going on here because there's so many mythic stories of people making escapes, defeating fairies by using their real names, or real life tales of civilians finding out secrets because they might have accidentally used the proper name for something, not the code name. So UFO, not UAP. Yeah. Yeah, names are really important. I don't want to hammer on this, but we are coming from a folklore, mythic place. Names mm. are important. And even in real life, names, you know, they can be used to liberate or they can control things. And there's so many variations of this all around the world, you know, in folklore, myth, popular culture, advertising. You need to get the right names. 
So when people hear that popped up part of our shared mythos, which is what the UFOs are, it's having its name changed by the government. You know, you have to be careful. Stop. Can you hear that above me? There's an aeroplane now over and above my... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's a UFO. It could be a it could be an unidentified fucking object above my house now. <laughs> so, anyway, be careful with folk changes names because it can actually change your perception of things as well. Anyway. And we do want to give a shout-out to a lovely online article, The Power of Names in Fairy Tales, by a blogger called Snow White Writes. It looks at this issue and it gives example from anime, Shakespeare, Scandinavia, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it's a great article. So people just have our own this. Names are important. Go check out that article. So we're sticking with UFOs and talking about UFOs, let's crack on and get into the 2018 invasion of Ireland. Dun, dun, dun. So in the early morning of Friday 9th of November 2018, Air traffic controllers were at work in Shannon Airport. Their job includes checking the location of approved aircraft travelling into Irish airspace to make sure they can safely travel onto the UK airspace. This involves talking to pilots and responding to queries from pilots and flight crews. One of the planes flying over Irish airspace that morning was a British Airways flight with a call sign Speedbird 94. It was on the last leg of a flight from Montreal to Heathrow in London. At 06.47 in the morning, the pilot of the Speedbird 94 contacted the Shannon Air Traffic Controller. I'm going to ask Kerry to do this. Give us your best pilot voice, Kerry. I will try. Be really serious. Is there any military traffic you've got right now? Shannon replied, there was nothing showing on primary or secondary radar. Speedbird, Speedbird 94 responded. Okay, it was moving so fast. In fact, we can no longer see it, but yeah, thank you. Shannon asked, was it alongside you? Just the two come up on our left-hand side and then rapidly veer to the north. We saw a bright light and then it disappeared at a very high speed. We were just wondering. We didn't think there was a likely collision course. We were just wondering what that could have been. I think... Something weird's happening, but I think it stands out for me for this conversation. And we'll put a link to the wee, there's a brilliant YouTube audio of this. But what, is, what will stand out when you hear it and when you're reading it as it's written? It's just this conversation. It's just amazing how how calm everybody is. You know, everybody's just very calm talking about these things. Yeah. I think in 2023, we really take flying for granted, but you forget that the pilots and the aircraft controllers are literally looking after people's lives. The planes that who are involved in this incident are each capable of carrying hundreds of passengers. And that's a lot of responsibility and it would make me very anxious. I'm already an anxious flyer and I can't imagine being responsible for literally having, you know, hundreds of people's lives in your hands. Yeah, especially if you're being zapped and unidentified fucking object <laughs> <laughs> so no wonder the job can be stressful but i've i've heard and i've read the articles saying it can also be very fulfilling you know that sense of satisfaction actually keeping people safe yeah that makes sense so we have this pilot and the aircraft controller calmly trying to understand what's just happened and what strikes me listening to the pilot is that we get to hear her in that immediate moment trying to evaluate what has happened 
but at the same time still piloting a flight safely through the sky and not panicking because I would be panicking I would be yeah it would be yeah I, I don't deal with stress very well so mm. no I would be doing that very well told but here's the thing it turns out she was not the only pilot who witnessed this incident so southwest of Speedbird 94, Virgin Flight 76 was also travelling into Irish airspace. It was flying from Orlando to Manchester. The pilot contacted Shannon Air Traffic Control to say, Now Rob, it's your turn for the pilot voice. Okay, here we go. And Virgin 76 also saw that in our 11 o'clock position, two bright lights. Shannon asked them to say that again. Virgin 76, I saw two bright lights, 11 o'clock, seemed to bank over to the right and then climb away at speed, at least from our perspective. After Shannon says they will pass this information on, another member of the Virgin 76 flight crew continues. A meteor, or another object making some kind of re-entry, appears to be multiple objects following some sort of trajectory, very bright from where we were. At which point the pilot of a third flight interjects to say... I'm glad it wasn't just me. To which the Virgin 76 pilot replies, No, uh, yeah, very interesting that one. So now there are three flight crews who have witnessed lights over Southwest Kerry. Shannon tells Speedbird 94 there have been other sightings and a member of the Speedbird 94 flight crew gives more details. The speed was astronomical, it was like match two or something. Yeah. Match or Mac, I'm not quite sure you pronounce that. It's the speed of sound. Uh, there's experts out there can explain that. It's not us. So anyway, <laughs> there's multiple bright objects travelling at twice the speed of sound, witnessed by three flight crews. Weird shit happening over County Kerry. Weirder than normal, like. Happy Kerry, yeah. <laughs> but what, and I can say that because my name is Kerry. <laughs> but yeah. what exactly happened? As the incident was happening, the flight crews made suggestions. Was it a military craft or a meteorite shower? Or was it something more interesting? Something alien and non-human? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And one of the problems with trying to assess what happened is that the Irish Aviation Authority's investigation decided that there was inconclusive evidence to state what had happened. This investigation it remains confidential, which I do kind of understand. Pilots and flight crews need to feel they can talk freely about issues happening during a flight. But again, it's, a, it's frustrating that the, the conclusion, which is inconclusive. So let's get into the possibilities. A couple of days after the incident, the Irish Examiner newspaper ran an article which quoted Michael Garrett, professor of astrophysics at the University of Manchester, who explained that a meteorite breaking apart high in the Earth's atmosphere would, would break into multiple components that would be all travelling at high speeds. The article also noted that on the Friday of the incident, Astronomy Island had posted up reports of a massive fireball that morning heading northwest to southeast at a small angle towards Earth, greenish in colour, with a long tail, travelling quite slow, the broken pieces. I'm quoting from the, the article there. And this again begs the question, if it was just a meteorite, why was the official investigation labelled inconclusive? Why wasn't it put to bed then and there? Well, one of the problems with the meteorite theory is that the pilots observed the objects changing direction. 
From what I understand, when a, a meteorite hits the atmosphere, it breaks up into fiery meteors or shooting stars, and these all travel in roughly the same direction, according to NASA's Earth Observatory blog, which I was reading about this. And they can be seen to radiate outwards if you're looking up at them, but that's a perspective thing. What they don't do is suddenly change direction. They just don't do that. Rab and I are astrologers, not astronomers. Yeah. <laughs> so if there are any astronomers or astrophysicists listening, please feel free to call us out if we've got that wrong. Yeah, please and do. I have never actually seen a UFO, but I have seen the moon. Do a I've seen the moon, can you believe it? <laughs> do a lot of interesting things. <laughs> there is a revelation there. <laughs> Kerry um... spots moon. <laughs> <laughs> So the, re the reason behind that is my mom's very into planes and the sky in general. And when I was a child and there was like an eclipse or a blood moon, all that sort of thing, she would wake me and my sister up, take us up to the um, spare room at the top of the house and we would all look out the window. And I hated waking up at the time, but now I'm really glad to have seen such rare events and have, you know, taken little videos on my video camera. Yeah. So thank you, mom. Yeah. And Rob, have you ever seen a UFO? Do you know what? I once witnessed a genuine UFO. Well, it might have been a, it, was, it was a light and it was flying above Govan Hill in Glasgow. This kind of mm. white ball just moving about in the sky. So that uh, evening, I it was kind of sort of early evening and straight afterwards, there was it was all in the media. There was some high hygiene for whatever, you know, an official person was telling folk there was no... UFOs over Govan Hill today, but it was it was interesting that they immediately had to say it right afterwards because obviously I wasn't the only person seeing it. Mm. So there was this report that it was just a natural phenomena, which it might have been. But you know what? There's a strange thing about this, Kerry. Oh, tell me. All right. So listen to this. So the UFO was flying over this big area of derelict land. Okay, there's been houses been knocked down, and. There was only one pub left standing, a house, which is a wee old man's pub. Mm. So I was walking by the house and I was looking up at the UFO. All right. Don't ask me why I was walking by the house. Just take it. I was <laughs> all right. I'm looking at the UFO. And then, you know, I head on my way. So a couple of days later, I'm walking by the same spot. And you know what? That wee house, the pub, the old man's pub had vanished. Aliens stole a fucking Glasgow pub. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And were there any wee old men in it when it was stolen? Do we know? Well, folks say it just been knocked down as part of the whole knocking down buildings plan. But it could be, Kerry and listeners, that somewhere on a distant planet there's a bunch of wee old Glasgow men drinking Guinness and fighting over domino matches, which they do quite intensely. So there oh you go. Oh my God. They probably didn't even notice. That's the thing. No, they probably didn't notice. They've probably been kept in some sort of wee time bubble and they're yeah. kind of like aliens looking at them as they're kind of drinking and swearing and throwing dominoes at each other. Aye. They're just having Groundhog Day. Yeah, good, good luck to them. Yeah, fair. Good luck to them. So returning to the subject at hand, we if it to. wasn't shooting stars... <laughs> I know, we'd be here all day. If it wasn't shooting stars, could these pilots have seen military craft? Yeah, so for non-Irish listeners, we need to explain that Ireland does not have an air force. And technically, Ireland is a neutral country. And as we know, Ireland is also a land of poetry and story. And we have a wonderful history of using words in beautiful and interesting ways. So the word neutrality 
in Ireland does not quite mean the same thing as neutrality you'd get in other countries. Like uh, the USA was able to uh, use oh, America. I was going to back and say that easier. Okay, yeah. let's try again. The United States was able to use Shannon Airport for troops and hardware going to war in Iraq and Afghanistan. There's also strong evidence that flights used in the CIA rendition and torture program also stopped off at Shannon Airport. As well as American military craft, during the Troubles in Northern Ireland, British helicopters often crossed over into the Republic of Ireland, and most recently it was revealed that the Irish government had a secret agreement with the UK that allowed British fighter jets to enter Irish airspace. Yeah, this is a, a palace agreement has been in place since 1952, and it's kind of weird. The details haven't been real to the Irish citizens, but apparently it allows the RAF to shoot down enemy crafts or what they deem enemy crafts. And it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's really, yeah, so we don't know. So it's not impossible that unaccounted for UK and or US military flights are taking place over Ireland, even as we speak. That might have been the noise above my my house there. Yeah, oh, we know. Yeah. So that could be another reason why the Irish Aviation Authority's investigation was inconclusive. Because there's things that the Irish are not allowed to know about when it comes to who is flying in their skies. However, we do need to remember that these three pilots who saw the strange lights over Kerry, they're highly professional people and... I think they would have known if it was a military craft flying by them, they would have been able to identify it. I think they would, yeah. So if that leaves us a third option, did the pilots witness actual UFOs? Interestingly enough, the 2018 sighting was not the first or the last sighting of unidentified flying objects in Ireland. And once you start digging into the subject, you find sightings all over the country and plenty of people willing to share their experiences too. After the Shannon Airport incident, the Irish Mirror asked if any of its readers had ever witnessed anything. They were contacted by a reader, Laura Byrne, who reported that on October 16th, three weeks before the pilots reported their sightings, she'd witnessed strange lights in the night sky above Big Wicklow on the opposite side of Ireland. Laura told the Irish Mirror... So this is me as Laura... Mm-hmm. At about 9pm at night, I was driving home from Wicklow Town on the back roads and I saw these three massive, big bright lights in the sky and they went from three to two to one, then back to three. So I got my phone out. The short video was definitely spooky, with the light increasing and decreasing and at one point taking on a triangle shape. Similar, light, similar lights in a triangle formation have been reported across Ireland. This year, the Belfast Telegraph quoted Northern Irish TV presenter Christine Lampard talking on her programme about her experience of strange things in the sky when she was younger. She said, I remember one night my dad and I saw three stars. It was in the shape of a triangle and they were almost vibrating on themselves. They sat there for half an hour and we thought, that's really weird. Recently, the Longford Leader newspaper was contacted by a reader uh, who witnessed something in the skies above Ballymahan. The object was very clear and moving very quickly. They added, 
It was very clear that night. The three lights were on the angles of the craft. The body was black. The lights were the colour of an orange flame. The speed they moved at confirmed it was not an ordinary aircraft. The anonymous reader also sent a photograph, which though blurry does show three lights creating a triangle shape. And one witness to high weirdness in the sky is Carl Nally, co-founder with Dermot Butler of UFO and Paranormal Research Ireland, UPRI. Their book, Conspiracy of Silence, UFOs in Ireland, records UFO sightings both modern and ancient. Basically, Carl has a total passion for this subject, the slightest hint of a UFO, and he's there taking notes, making interviews and gathering intel. According to an interview with Dublin Live, Carl's quest to find the truth began when he witnessed something strange as a child. He told Dublin Live, I saw about 30 spherical UFOs at altitude coming from the south and turning at right angles at speed heading west. Now there is no way any terrestrial craft can perform really complicated manoeuvres like that and yet I observed them. What I like about Carl is that he's a total no-filters researcher, though like any human he sometimes calls it wrong. In 2008, Agarda filmed a UFO over Dunboyne on his phone. Carl was very excited about these lights in the sky, declaring them to be the best UFO footage ever captured worldwide. Unfortunately, it was later discovered that the lights were actually Chinese lanterns released during a wedding ceremony. Congrats to the happy couple, even if they did turn out to be earthlings. Yeah, that's, here's the thing, they might not be earthlings, you know, I, we don't know. They could be presumptuous there, Kerry. That's true, fair enough. If there are any ETs living in Dunboyne, please give us a call. Please send us an email. Yeah, and, and ETs, enjoy your wedded bliss. So anyway, okay. Okay, so anyway, there are explanations for a lot of what's going on in the skies. Uh, but, you know, there are still questions. And one of the curious documents I came across online was a freedom of information request made to the PSNI, the police service in Northern Ireland, asking how many UFO sightings were made from 2016 to 2019. And I haven't been able to find out who made the request, but what the person asked for was all information that your police force hold in relation to the unidentified flying objects, unidentified aerial phenomena, sightings for the period from May 2016 to the year 2019. So the PSNI did a search based on the keywords in recorded messages made to dispatchers and came up with actually numerous UFO calls, including a dairy caller in 2016 saw a UFO metallic spinning disc flying in the sky above a building. Caller then clarified, it was a plane. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. These are the some quotes. Some of these are that, kind so, of funny. Yeah, they're funny. They're, these are the, this is the quotes of the, the, the PSNI. This is what's written down. Kerry is, is reading exact wording of the PSNI reports here. Yes. So, yeah. And in 2017, another dairy caller set, was rambling about a pink Ferrari, a UFO, and a 1967 Mustang. You'd think the UFO would come first, but I guess I would, if I saw a pink Ferrari, I'd want to talk about it too ah, that's weird pink ferrari comes first then the ufo and then a 1967 mustang all right okay that says a lot about that person um okay there's another quote 2018 this time from a ballon hinge road caller and they saw an object in the sky and thought is was it was a ufo 
description matched our drone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. And in 2019, Belfast caller mumbling about UFOs and very hard to hear, talking about lights hovering, mental health inpatient. So, yeah, there's lots of... Some poor fellas having a wee bit of a moment there, I think, and called the, mm. the guards and then the, the PSNI, which is what you should do when you're having a wee moment. Now, but these were not the only calls recorded that had the word UFO in them. And again, in 2019, there were some more calls, and these were a wee bit more interesting. Over to you, Kerry. So, May 2019, a Larn caller just seen a UFO, no further description. July 2019, a Belfast caller reported flying object. The light coming from it was too bright and it turned too sharply, then disappeared. And in August 2019, this is my personal favourite, a dairy caller called the PSNI stating that he is waiting for a UFO to land in his garden. No other details. <laughs> All right, what can you say? Fabulous, like. I, yeah, yeah, I just love the idea of Sunday dairy and they're waiting for a spaceship to land in their garden and you know what, that's fine. I think that's just par for the course for dairy, to be honest. I have friends in dairy and I'd love to know if it's somebody they know. Shout out to Michael. Hope you're listening. Let me know if you've ever seen a UFO. <laughs> um, that Belfast caller from 2019 was interesting, though. They saw a bright light that turned too sharply and then disappeared which actually does fit the description of many UFOs defying physics and moving in strange ways. But these reports are not the only reported sightings in Northern Ireland. On October 15, 2001, in the House of Lords of the British Parliament, Lord Lord Hill Norton asked a government spokesman, what search operation took place following reports of the crash of an unidentified object in Northern Ireland on 13th February 2001. To which the government spokesperson replied, I refer the noble lord to a letter from the Army Headquarters Northern Ireland to UFO and Paranormal Research Ireland, a copy of which has been placed in the library of the House of Lords. I'm presuming that uh, it's the UFO and Paranormal Research Ireland set up by Carol Nally and Dermot Butler. So they're, they're still digging away everywhere to try and find the truth. And there is another Freedom of Information request from 2023 that reveals much about how unprepared Irish civil servants are for dealing with UFOs. So Dublin Live made the request to find out how civil servants respond to reported UFOs. And one of the things FOI revealed was the confused conversations civil servants had about a reported UFO sighting over Kilcock in County Kildare. Yeah, according to the Dublin Live article, written by Laura Lynott, the FOI request uh, showed that an official working in the Aviation Safety and Security Division at the Department of Transport, there's a lot of information there, um, wrote the following to his colleague, I received a call from blank in Kilcock reporting mysterious lights to the south of his house from 4am to 4.30am for the past week. I'm not sure what the follow-up is here, but I figured this was in the, in the domain of space. His contact number is. So the official then received a reply email from his colleague in Air Navigation Services Division who wrote, 
Ah, here. You can't push that one to us. You know exactly how much involvement we have in space. <laughs> it just sounds so typical. Anyway, the first <laughs> civil servant responded, it's still more than we do. Also, you have air nav. That is Ireland's air navigation systems. To which the Air Navigation Services Division official made the following enigmatic statement. As a leak slip resident, I thought you'd be more cognizant of the security aspect of this. Hmm. So I did an online search and found an, un, an online report on boards.ie from 2007 titled Mysterious Dancing Lights Overlooking Leak Slip Area. The message read, Okay, so roughly around 9.30pm tonight, there were a pair of unidentified hazy lights dancing, perhaps, over Weston Aerodome, or within a few mile radius of there. When my relations called me to come see the UFOs, I was somewhat sceptical. But they sure don't look like any searchlights I've ever seen, and not like those advertising searchlights that you sometimes see over Dublin City. Any suggestions or explanations? They seemed to be above the clouds. They appeared to be interacting or in sync to some degree, circling over a general area of sky for maybe 10, 15 minutes. Rational explanation ASAP, please. Now that sounds pretty unidentified to me. Aye. <laughs> so this is what it's got me thinking. Is this what the Air Navigation Services Division is referring to when it talks about leak slip? And what exactly yeah. is the security aspect they're referring to? And Dublin Live also revealed a later email from May 2022 when a captain from the Defence Forces stated that there had been no UAP sightings in Irish skies in the last decade. But as we all know, the Irish Aviation Authority's investigation didn't... Irish Aviation Authority Investigation Act can't... Oh my God, uh, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Just, okay. They did an investigation of the November 28 sightings by the three flight crews that we spoke about at the start of this episode. So what could this all mean? Are there UFOs flying in Irish airspace on the regular? Are there government cover-ups both in the Republic and in the North? Is my neighbour's cat an alien after all? I've seen that cat, it's uh, very likely. Or, you know what? All this could just be simple confusion, it could be miscommunication, it could be mistakes among civil servants. But, you know, there's just so many unanswered questions and ambiguities and just things that aren't quite right. So maybe the aliens are real. And if they are, maybe they've been here for a long time. And that's where we're going to pick it up in the next episode for part two of our UFO special. Yeah. So stay tuned, stay spooky, and stay vigilant because your next Tinder date could be from Mars. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. <laughs> or kill cock. Even worse. <laughs> cool. That was great. So That was fab. I think I, I just... What's your thoughts on it? That's that's just kind of an overview of what's been happening recently. So yeah. what's your thoughts, no. Kerry? Honestly, I think there's probably a lot of people in like the countryside in Ireland that have seen UFOs or have seen fairies or have seen like spooky things. But everyone just kind of goes, oh yeah, 
they just accept it. People don't um, yeah. make a big hullabaloo about it for whatever reason. They're just like, oh, sure, no need. I feel like, yeah, I'll be at next time I go up to Donegal, I'll be I'll be doing some recon and asking, has anyone seen a UFO? And I'm sure I'll get a few yeses. I think it's that thing. It's almost like there's folk who are desperately looking in their doing all the research and all that. And there's other folk who are actually encountering weird things all the time. And but they're just in a headspace, it's like, ah oh, yeah, grand so they know. don't even register that it's like strange they're just like oh yeah sure ah sometimes you just see lights you know yeah. in triangular formations ah sure i'm not not bothered about it yeah and then there's people desperately wanting to see ufo spending their whole life you know working towards it it's just typical isn't it it is typical yeah so anyway that's kind of that's a kind of me interesting overview of what's been happening what we're going to do in the next episode is we're going to take a bit of a deeper dive and um you know we might find that actually there are aliens and they actually have been here for quite some time and maybe the guys that were flying about in Kerry 2018 were actually just part of a, an ongoing invasion mm. or, or maybe not an invasion maybe they actually live here maybe they're here all the time so yeah sure so. I guess what if any uh, any of our listeners have any experiences or if there are any scientists out there that can give us explanations that's fine. Or whistleblowers in the civil servants give us a shout as well. So. Yeah, any aliens, send us an email. We'd be very happy to Aye. hear from you. Very happy to hear from aliens as well. So that's that one. So any news from you, Kerry? How's any? How's your gardening going? My gardening is actually going very well. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I really like plants. And I don't have any pets, so I have plants. Um, I feel like plants are the renter's version of pets, you know, mm -hmm. I definitely feel like that's true. But um, I have a load of cacti and I repotted a bunch of them yesterday, only got pricked like twice. So I'm pretty successful, you know, because mm. usually I get end up getting stabbed in the hands a good few times. But um, my new hack for repotting cacti is using chopsticks to like lift them out of the old pot and put them into the new one. Wow. Yeah, it's really saved my hands. <laughs> but yeah, gardening's going well. Any news with you? Um, there's not much. Just uh, the show's been going great. Um, yeah. it's the height of the summer, so we're having to turn folk away just now, which is that'll calm down in a couple of weeks, and then folk can just kind of wander in. Um, oh, we have we've got to make news. We've got a Patreon. Oh now. yes, we do. We absolutely do. We have a Patreon set up, and you can subscribe. It's Celtic Tales Chronicles Patreon. Oh, I mean, could be. We can find out. We'll put but it in the show notes. It'll be linked. <laughs> so what we're doing is there's a level there. I think it's called Legends. Oh, I can't mm. remember. But this is how organised we are. But we're going to be putting stuff in there once a month. You can pay like five euro or five dollar, whatever. And just now, we just put up. Um, recording of me doing the one of the the Fina Warrior stories about how Fiona Cool got his dog. So you can join That's Patreon. A great one. That's a lovely one. And we'll be putting other stuff up as well. Before we're putting just general stuff MD can look at, and then we'll be putting up mere exclusive stuff as well. So that's yeah. that, that's kind of going well. I'm trying to think what else I've done. I um I finished writing out 
five poems and I have to send off to oh, the, uh, some library in UCD. I can't remember the library. It's You're so humble, the, some library. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the poetry's commemoration thing to yeah. mark the 100 years from the the revolutions that set up Irish independence. So that was right. I was commissioned to do some poetry and I've finished that now. So that's, yeah. So I can't think of anything else. Uh, you know what? It's been rainy. It's yeah. been j- dreary in general. Dreich like last... is a Scottish word. Dreich is mm, just dreich. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll look into more UFOs. We'll have more info for you guys soon. And yeah, hope hope nobody gets abducted in the meantime, I guess. Aye, or if you if you do get abducted, have fun with it. So, yeah, take your phone, like try and get some videos for us. Yeah. That would be content. Great. Content, content, content. <laughs> get some content. All, All about right. the content. All about the content. All right. I think that's us. Slon. That's us. Slon. The Celtic Tales Chronicles is written, hosted, and produced by Kerry Graham and Rob Fulton. Edited by Rob Fulton. Cover artwork by Kerry Graham. Music by Kevin McLeod.